This is in the book of Matthew uh, in chapter 18, and this is what the Bible says. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, so who, so Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And, you know, they actually meant like one of them, right? And so they thought that Jesus was going to be like, well, isn't it obvious Peter's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Or they thought maybe he would say, you know, they all kind of expected him to say, well, can't you guess? The guy sitting beside me, like John, is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, don't you know? But, but really, maybe what he could have said was, actually, y'all haven't met him yet, but the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is going to be this guy that's a Pharisee named Paul. And um, any of those answers probably would have sufficed for what they were saying. But then Jesus did what Jesus does. Has Jesus Christ ever did anything you expected him to do? No, when you're following Jesus, you better expect the unexpected. And so Jesus breaks every cultural tradition that they have, and he says this. So he called a child and had him stand among them. Truly I tell you, he said, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child... This one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one child in my name welcomes me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to fall away, it would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Does that sound like a meek spiritual guru to you guys? Sounds like the righteous living God to me. Verse 7, woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses will inevitably come, but woe to the person by whom the offense comes. If your hand or your foot causes you to fall away, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life maimed or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to fall away, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hellfire. See to it that you don't despise one of these little ones. Because I tell you that in the kingdom of heaven... Their angels continually view the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If someone has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, won't he leave the 99 on the hillside and go and search for the stray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over that one sheep more than over the other 99 that did not go astray. And this is the whole point of this sermon. Hear this. Verse 14. In the same way, it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one, that even one of these little ones perish. Pray with me today. God, I praise you, and I worship you, and I thank you, God. Lord, today, I pray that your hand will be on this service, that your hand will unlock this word, that your glory will fall from heaven, that the power of your love will penetrate our hearts, turn them from hearts of stone to hearts of flesh. And God, I pray that you will send us out on mission, on mission to save the lost sheep that the world has dragged away. We love you, God. We praise you. We surrender everything that we are and everything that we will ever be to you and you alone because you alone are worthy And God, we're going to go get them for you. We're going to go get them for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give him a shout of praise and you can be seated. If you see me fiddling with my face, it's because they made me wear this thing. 
<laughs> no, 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 they didn't, but I'm going to try it. It worked out okay, the other service. So I, I'm just going to be transparent and honest with you guys today. I like Netflix. I do. I like it. I like it a lot. And, and you know, maybe your entertainment choices are more saved than mine are, but that's okay because God's still working on me. Raise your hand if God's still working on you. Come on, God's still working on us all. Uh, now listen, I have a Pure Flix account, and we watch that pretty regularly, and I've watched all of The Chosen. Yes, I've seen it. It's fantastic. They took a lot of liberties with the gospel, and I thought there was more biblical information they could have put in there, but it's a really good show, and it shows the personality of Jesus, which me and Jeff love. Great. Great. And yet, doesn't Christian cinema leave something to be desired? <laughs> I mean, isn't the acting just terrible? I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, it's bad. The cinematography's bad. The acting is poor. I'm sorry, Kevin Sorbo. I loved you in Hercules, man. <laughs> but, but no, no, he's actually pretty good. But, but you know, it's, 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 it's bad. And, and so I'm just going to be honest. Like, in my leisure time, if I ever get any, which I really don't, but like once in a blue moon, like on a night about 10.30 or 11 o'clock after we got the kids to bed, and we're like, you want to watch a show? And most of the time we're like, no, no, I don't. I'm just going to, you know, so that's our life. I mean, that's our life, you know. You want to watch something? Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> Thought I'd offer. But when we do, a lot of times we would watch something on Netflix. I mean, just because I like action movies and I like comedy movies. And I like sci-fi and fantasy stuff. Um, so, so I watched a lot of it. And so that why, that's why it was really hard for me to cancel Netflix, but I did. Um, I did. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of you probably heard the controversy that came out with this. They, like, released this French movie, and it's about these, like, little adolescent girls that do this, like, insanely provocative dancing and things. And, you know, and I didn't watch it. I know I didn't watch the movie, and I know it's supposed to be a social commentary against that. But it's, it's yes, yes. It's, it's, full, it's exploitation and sexualization, and, and it was ridiculous. And like I said, I didn't watch it, but a friend of ours that goes to Bethel Church, actually out there in Redding, California, like, you know, did a commentary on it and, and posted, you know, she's been here to the church and stuff, and she posted, you know, the, some clips of it and just some things and was like, look, this is completely wrong. And, and I agreed. And at that point, I just had to be like, look, I can't sew into this. And, and we'll talk about that a little later. I can't invest myself in this. I just can't. And look, 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 listen. I'm, I'm not asking you to cancel your Netflix. I don't care. That, that's for you to decide what you're going to do. I, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. I'm asking you to do something. And, and not necessarily that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, hey, boycott this. That's, that's stupid. You do what God's called you to do. I just did a little bitty thing that God called me to do. And look, I know that they don't care about my $15. I, I'm well aware that they don't need my $13.99. They don't care whether I canceled or not. It doesn't matter to them. But you know who it matters to? It matters to me. It matters to me that I did what I felt like God was convicting me to do. And if we could all be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and just do what God is convicting us to do, then we could change the whole world around us. Can you say amen? We could. If we would just do the little things that the Holy Spirit is convicting us to do. I'm not asking you to do. I'm, listen, I'm not asking you to do what the Holy Spirit convicted me to do. I'm asking you to get in your word and then you to do what the Holy Spirit's convicting you to do. And, and yes, I, like I said, I know that they don't care about my $13.99, but I do. Like, I care what I invest in. And I'm, I'm not investing in that. And, and I'm not saying that I won't pick the subscription back up later if they have something I really want to see. I'm just being honest. But right now, I'm not sewing into that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. 
It means something to me. It, it, it means something to me. You know, you know we're, we live in a world, we live in a world where they're trying to buy our children from us. They're, they're trying to buy our children from us for pennies on the dollar. They're trying to buy their innocence. They're trying to buy their futures. They're trying to buy their souls from us, and they're not even giving anything in exchange. But I want to make a proclamation here today, gathered with my brothers and sisters, that no matter what they offer, no matter what they threaten, that our children are not for sale. Can you say amen? Not for sale. Look, we've got to take a stand somewhere. We've got to take a stand somewhere. You know, they, they, they keep moving the line on us, don't they? They, they, they keep moving the line. They can't, I, know, I know I'm getting, I do this a lot now, but I, it just works. Just works. So, so look, I, 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 I've got a, like a certificate in, in Christian apologetics from Biola University. So I've studied apologetics. And what apologetics is is defending our faith in a logical fashion, right? And so we, we, we use logical parameters and, and defenses to be able to defend our faith, you know, not from a feeling aspect, but from a logical standpoint. And so one of the tools that we've always had in our arsenal uh, when, when we teach about morality and we teach that there is good and evil, is, is, is we would use children just as a good example that everybody could kind of resonate with. And, and so what we would say is, and, and people would say, well, I don't believe in God. I don't think that there is any objective truth. I, I think that what I feel may be different from what you feel, and my right may be different from your right, and my wrong is different from your wrong. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, whatever, dude. Um, I, I think that's ridiculous. But anyway, but we can both agree that it's evil to murder a baby. And, and listen, listen, back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, or even, even sooner than that, really, most people would be like, okay, we can agree on that. It's evil to do violence against a baby. We, we, we can agree on that. Not anymore. Not anymore. I can't use that as an argument anymore. But because I, if I say we can both agree that it's evil to murder a baby, they'll be like, not necessarily. Because what if the mother was raped and what if the person was molested and what if the, and I'm like, and, and I had this argument the other day. So I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that if somebody does a tragic thing to someone that you're going to kill someone else? And they're like, well, you can't put it like that. I'm like, I just did. <laughs> a tragic thing happened to my daughter. So I'm going to kill my grandchild. What? what? But anyway, you can't, but you can't make that argument because people are like, well, there's convenience and this person has a future. And what about their life? And what about their feelings? And what about their future and their opportunities? So we can't say that anymore because it doesn't, it doesn't help. Like we can't use that argument. But then you could always use this argument, right? You could say, well, well can't we both agree that it's evil to molest a child? We, we can agree on that, right? It's a, it's, it's a grievous sin in any in any world, in any fashion, for, for someone to exploit a child for their own sexual pleasure, right? Well, we can agree on that. Not anymore. And, and, and there's a movement out there, and, and, and people can say that that's a conspiracy theorist, and they can block my video all they want to. I don't care. It's true. They're moving the line. They're moving the line. They're moving the line. They, they, you know, it was here. And, and, and they, they expected us to, to accept all this sin and darkness and all these attacks against our children because, you know, it goes all gamuts, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm sorry. I'm specifically speaking about our children today. And they've pushed us back over a line because at some point people push back because it's kids, right? 
I mean, they, you know, they can push us back so far with adults, and we can say, okay, yeah, adults can make their own decisions. They can do whatever they want, blah, 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 blah. But we're going to protect kids, right? So, like, even, though, even if we're willing to say, okay, be progressive in your whatever, you guys go over there and do, do whatever you want. Like, you know, do whatever you want. You know, sleep with who you want and do your thing. And, 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 and they desensitize us in that. But then with kids, there was always a stopping point, man. We were like, look, I'm backed up to the line, but I'm not going to go any further. I'm not going to go any further. It's kids. And I'm going to do whatever I can do to protect kids. But now, now that line's being moved. That, that, that line's being moved back. Can, can you imagine a, a streaming service that's in the home of, you know, I don't know how many millions and millions of people all across this world, like producing something that sexualizes children? And, and putting it in people's homes and, and having it accessible to anybody? I mean, can you imagine that even 10 years ago? But yet the line keeps being moved. The line keeps being moved back. The line keeps getting moved. And, and, and you know, what I want to ask you today is like how far, how far are we going to let it move? I mean, how many steps are we going to take back? I mean, look, here's 2020 and it's been pushed back. And I know that that's a, man, I might have just cursed the whole building by writing that date on the floor. <laughs> I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Pastor Brent, can we get some oil on that in a minute? Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good. But I mean, dude, when we get to 2021, where's the line going to be? You know, when we, when we get to, look, when we get to 2030, where's, where's the line, where's the line going to be? Where, 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 how far, how far are we going to let them push us back? Like, how far are we going to go back until we, as the body of Christ, are willing to stand up and say, look, I'm not going to be pushed any further. And I don't care what you offer me. And I don't care what you do. I'm not going back anymore. Here's my line. Here's my line. Here's our line as a church. Here's our line as a culture. We're not going back. We're not going back. We're not going back. And, 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 and the other piece of that puzzle is where's your personal line at? You know I mean? We can take a stand as a church on certain things, but where's your line? Where, where do you draw a line in your, in your personal life? I mean, where? Like, like, so here's the culture. Are you this far ahead? I mean, as a Christian, are you, are you this far in front of them towards the Word of God? Or, or, or are you this far? I mean, where, where are you going to draw the line for yourself as opposed to where the culture draws the line? And, and, and what are you going to do as a person to be able to fight, to fight forward, to fight forward? Because what I'm saying is that we have to do something. Do you hear me? I mean, we've got to do something. We, we can't just stand by and, and watch this stuff happen. You know, it was, um, I, I want to read this correctly. So give me just a second here. I want to I read this correctly. It was Edmund Burke in a letter to Tom and Mer Thomas Mercer like way back when in the foundation of our country, he said this, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. That, that's all. You don't have to participate in the evil. You hear what I'm saying? You, you don't have to participate in the evil to be on evil side. You just have to do nothing. And I want to put it like this today. All we have to do to let the world consume our children is nothing. Because that's what's automatically going to happen. 
because they've got every shiny trinket. You hear what I'm saying? They've got all the bait that they could possibly need. The world is like, we've got sex and we've got drugs and we've got everything that you could ever want. We've got money and greed and there's no rules and you can do whatever you want that makes you feel good. And, and, that, and that's their answer to everything. Oh, but it feels good out here. Yeah, but it won't for long. See, sin always talks about the benefits and never talks about the consequences. And, 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 and too many churches go the other way. Too many churches talk about the ultimate benefits and leave out the trials and tribulations. But I want to get it right. I, I want to get it right. I want to walk that tightrope just right where it's supposed to be. I want to be right on that line where I'm supposed to be and tell you, yes, this life in Christ is trying sometimes. I mean, this life in Christ is downright hard sometimes. But you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it for me. It's worth it for my kids. It's worth it for their children and their children and their children, like the song says. It's worth it. It's worth it. Jesus says that if you want to inherit the kingdom of heaven, you've got to come to me as a little child. You know, my little buddy Titus, he depends on me. He depends on me. Look, when he's scared, you know what he does? Paul. Paul, Paul, yes, not dad, Paul, because that's what everybody else in the house screams about 50 million times a day, Paul, as soon as I come in the door, Paul, but yeah, when he's afraid, it's Paul, he wants Paul, you know why, because he knows Paul will protect him with my life, when he gets hurt, mama, mama, you know why? Because mama's kisses heals. Can you say amen? Mama's kisses heals. Dad's kisses don't heal right. Paul's kisses don't heal right. Mama's kisses heal. When he's hungry, mama. You know, when he wants to play, Paul. He knows where to get what he needs. He knows where to get what he needs. He's completely and fully dependent upon us, and he's completely and fully trusting in us. Dude, I can throw him up in the air just as high as I can throw him, and he goes, woo! And everyone else around the room is terrified but me and him. You know why? Because he knows I'm going to catch him, and I do too. I do too. There's nothing on this earth that could stop me from catching him. They'd have to kill me. They'd have to kill me. I'll sacrifice life and limb to catch that boy, and he knows it. You seen that video where Max jumps off the top of the stairs and Pastor Brent catches him, and his mother's freaking out and stuff? He does that because he trusts his father. Jesus says if we want to really, really get to know God, if we want to experience everything that the kingdom of heaven has for us, then we got to get like that with God. Every time I go to him, he's there. You hear me? Every time I run to him, he's there. Every time I need him, he's there. He doesn't always do what I want him to do, but he's always there. You know, he always does what's best for me, whether I know it or not. I always look back in hindsight and was like, oh, yeah, God, thank you for not answering that prayer. Golly. Ah, I knew I was dumb, but that took the cake. But God knows. He's there. And he's my provider. And he's my protector. And he's my healer. And he's my restorer. And he's my savior. Can you say amen and give him some praise if he's yours too? If he's yours too. Give him some praise if he's yours too. And look, we have to be that. You hear what I'm saying? 
We have to be that for our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids. We have to be that for our nieces and nephews and, your, and our cousins, on, in my example. We have to be that. We have to be those ones where that kid can say, they never left me, they never abandoned me, they never forsook me. When I needed them, they were there. When I needed healing, they were there. When I needed help, they were there. We got to be there. We got to be there. And sometimes love looks different than other times, trust me. Yeah, sometimes when you keep giving them money, you're not loving them. I'm just telling you. I'm just being real up here. Sometimes tough love is still love. But you got to love them. You got to be there for them. You got to walk with them and talk with them and help them, man. Like we have to be there for them. And not just our kids, not just our biological kids, not just my two sons, not just the three extra ones that we're caring for right now, not just them. But I'm talking about every kid in our family, the, the, the kids of our friends, the kids of our coworkers, the kids of your church family that you see running around in here. All of them. We got to be there for them. We got to be there for them. We got to be there and, and, and make ourselves available to help them. Because I'm telling you, the world is dark and it is filled with ravenous wolves that are seeking to devour them and to tear them to pieces. And, and, and their only hope, their only hope is to make it to the shepherd. Their only hope is to make it to the shepherd. Because the shepherd's the only one that can protect the sheep, you hear me? And, 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 and there's so many lost sheep. There's, there's just so, there's so many lost sheep out there. So many. But, but here's the scary part, they're not just lost. They're hurt. They're scared. They're abused. Some of them are, are, some of them are half dead. Some of them we haven't made it to yet, and they are dead. So many lost sheep out there. And who's going to be the hands and feet of the shepherd? Who's going to be the hands and feet of the shepherd? Who's going to cry out with the shepherd's voice? Who's going to go for him out there in the highways and the hedges? Man, who's going to go and, and fight the good fight? Who's going to go into the desolate wasteland places of this world? Or the ones that look all fancy and shiny on the outside, but are nothing but a pit of despair and death on the inside? Who's going to go into those places for the Lord? If we don't, nobody's going to. You know, we had senior night at the football game the other night. They did, we just did it in the first game to get out of the way just in case they didn't let us play anymore. We wanted to honor these people that have, that have given so many years to their, their sport or whatever. And, and, and they did all the football players, all the band members, and all the, uh, you know, all the, the cheerleaders. And I, I think it was one of the cheerleaders, I, I'm almost sure. And, and, and they, all, they all had quotes. Like they gave their name and all their years and their awards and everything. But they, but they each had a quote. And this young lady's quote was this. It, it said, you know, sometimes I ask God, why, God, do you, don't you do something about all the evil and brokenness in the world? But I don't because I'm afraid he'll look at me and say, why don't you? You know, Matthew West has a song that's called Do Something, right? And, and, and the bridge in that song, he says, I shook my fist at heaven. And I said, God, why don't you do something? And the word of God came to him and he spoke to him and he said, I did. I made you. So as we look at a world that's filled with darkness and despair and brokenness, Esther 4 and 14. paraphrase says this maybe you were made for a time such as now maybe you were made you know she was made queen for a time such as that but maybe you were put right where you're at for a time such as now you know I talked about that on my on, on my Angeles Tuesday night Bible study a couple weeks ago right some I know some of y'all watched that 
And, and, and you heard me say the same thing. Why don't we stop making excuses on, and, 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 and ideas on how to escape from where we're at and start looking for opportunities to thrive right where we're at. Right where we're at. Just like Joseph did in that prison cell. Why don't we look for opportunities to, to, to reach out and to save somebody and to serve somebody and to help somebody right where we're at. Man, why don't you invest in the, in the kids in your family or the kids in your community or the kids at this church, man, praise God for everybody. Let's just give God a, a round of praise for everybody that, that taught a class today at the Way Church, man. Everybody that invested in a kid. You know, whether they had nine screaming toddlers or, or three, you know, smart aleck middle schoolers, I don't know, man. Praise God for them. Praise God that they're investing the word of God in the lives of these children because nobody else is going to. You, you, you know what this world is trying to do to our kids? Trying to take from them. I mean, that's what this exploitation and abuse and, and sexual slavery and all this stuff, they, they see the spark of God in these kids, and they're trying to take it. They're trying to take it because there's a little bit of God in each one of us. He breathed the breath of life into us. There's a little bit of God in each one of us. There's a, something, there's a little piece of the source in us, and, and, and these abusers and, and exploiters, they're just trying to take what they can get. These ravenous wolves just trying to devour them, trying to devour them to take it, and everything changes. When we as the body of Christ decide we're not going to take, but we're going to give. We're going to give. We're going to take part of ourselves and invest it into these kids, into this generation that's coming up. Because all it wants to do is take from them and steal from them. Man, let's flip the script. And, and you'll hear this again in giving, but man, let's invest in these kids. Let's take what God has given us and let's breathe into them. Not literally, you got to keep your distances. But you know, we go into communities, like I, I went under the bridge, you know, last weekend, and, and we, we go out on the, on the streets for sidewalk ministry, man, and we just, and, and there's some really great people out there that we meet, don't get me wrong, some great families, but there's also some people that are just really struggling. There's some kids that we meet that don't have Anybody. Can you imagine being a seven, eight-year-old kid and not having anybody? I hear you. No, no, no foundation of God's word, man. No, nobody to love you, nobody to care for you, nobody in your life that didn't want something from you. Let's be different. Let's be different. Let's draw a line. But not the line that culture has set. And not even the line that we have in our own mind. But let's see where the line really is. You know what I'm saying? Because my Bible says, my Bible says that if we receive one of these little ones, that we receive Christ. And yeah, he's talking about new believers, but he's also referencing these kids because he's got one standing up there in front of him. And they're the ones that become the new believers. You understand that? You know, like I said, I forgot, I didn't, I didn't look at the percentages, but the percentages of kids that, 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 the percentage of adults that receive Christ as an adult is, is tiny. The percentage of people that receive Christ when they're in their childhood or teenage years is astronomical. Pretty much everybody that gets saved, and I know there's some outliers, but pretty much that everybody, everybody that gets saved does so as a kid. I mean, it's just true. I mean, yeah, there's some outliers, and there's some miracles that happen, like me, but for the most part. 
Everybody that received Christ does so when they're a kid or a teenager. It's time for us to advance the kingdom. It's time for us to stop living on the line that culture drew for us. And yeah, this is the 2020 line and bleh. What we got to do is read this word and draw a new line. You see what I'm saying? We got to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our life and draw a new line. We got to continue to study this word, continue to be active in the church, continue to experience God on a whole new level, and then draw a new line. Because like I've said before, what was okay yesterday may not be okay tomorrow. And we got to keep going after God. And here's the other thing. There's people over on the other side of that line that need us. So we need to cross over into culture's line and be in the world, but not of the world, and make sure that we take this sword of the Spirit with us so we can go out there and cut those chains. So we can cut those chains and set them free. It's time to take a stand and take back our kids. This is the whole point of my sermon today. We're going to pray that God's going to save our children. But we're going to pray that he's going to use us to do it. And you might not be ready for the second part of that prayer. You may not be. Because it's going to be hard. And it's going to require sacrifice. You know, that, that the scripture that I just read said, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. If your Netflix is causing you to sin, cancel it. If your phone is causing you to support abusers of children, then turn that sucker off or throw it in some water or do something with it. Get it out of your life. Whatever it is in your life that is causing you not to be able to go after the one, to leave the 99 and go after the one, man, get rid of it because it doesn't matter anyway. Man, it's time to live for God. The rest of the world lives for the devil, but it's time for us to take a stand. It's time for us to take a stand on the word of God and not let anything knock us off of it. And not let anything knock us off of it. Man, our kids are so vulnerable they're so vulnerable. And the wolf pack of the world is going to tear them to pieces. Unless the Lord's anointed. Unless the Lord's anointed. Go out there. Go out there with his rod and his staff. Be in his hands and his feet, speaking with his voice. Find them. Lead them home to the shepherd so he can heal them and he can help them and so he can save them. Are you with me? Are you with me? Come on, guys. I know that was way different than before, but it's just, you know, you say what God needs you to say, and that's it. I just want us to pray. <laughs> Would you just guys stand with me today in the presence of God? I, I know that this sermon was heavy. It's heavy for me, too. It's heavy for me, too. But, man, it's time for the body of Christ to come alive. It's time for the body of Christ to come alive. <laughs> Yes, yes, wipe that 2020 off the map with that living water out the baptismal, right? Come on, somebody say amen. I read the statistics first service. If you want to see them, just go and watch that video. 
the amount of kids that are trapped in abuse is insane. The amount of kids that are trapped in sex slavery is insane. We can stop it. Guys, we have to stop it. We have to. Nobody else is going to stand up for our kids. Nobody else is going to stand up for the world's kids. Guys, they're, they're killing babies for convenience. Not, not because of medical conditions. And not even because, you know, people always throw the rape and incest thing up here. That's not why they're doing it. That, that accounts for a, a point of a percent. It's being done for convenience. Children are being used for, for people's obscene, disgusting, perverted pleasures. Kids across the world are being worked to death in sweatshops, man. Kids in, in, in our country right now are, are suffering incredible amounts of abuse, are, are just trapped in ridiculous situations. And, and that's across the board by individuals, by agencies, by whatever. Somebody has to stand for them. Somebody has to stand for those that can't stand for themselves. I'm offering my services. And that's why one thing that we're doing is that the Way Church is going to become uh, what's known as a safe spot. We've been working with local law enforcement, and uh, we're going to have posters put up in the windows and things of that nature, and it's, we're going to get some special training for our pastoral staff and also for our security team and our teachers and our teachers so that any person that is suffering from abuse or is, or is in a bad situation, that they can come here and, and find the help that they need. So, so that any child that, that is in, in, you know, trapped in, in slavery or whatever can come here and we can get them to where they need to be. Just, just as a temporary spot where we can say, okay, we've got somebody and we'll have a number we can call and they'll come. Also, we're going to be working with an organization called Paper, Rock, and Scissors, which is really cool. And also another organization called the Exodus Road. I'm serious about this. The time is now. The time is now.